Welcome to Havilah's Podcast. I'm your host, Havilah Cunnington, and today we're about to dive into the heart of my latest book, Created to Hear God. And joining me is none other than my partner of 18 years, the amazing Ben Cunnington is here. Hi, babe. I am here <laughs> on Havilah's Podcast so in bef- 2024. Uh, in First 2024. Time. So before we talk like jump into our conversation. I just wanted to say that I just want to thank all of you that joined us on our 10 day global Bible study on created to hear God. We just wrapped it up. It was an incredible journey with thousands of you around the world. Um, so many people got to hear God for the very first time, and now they hear Him all the time because they did this study, and I'm just so honored to have taught that and been a part of that. And this month, we're dedicating the entire series, um, well, the entire series of this month to this transformative journey. So I suggest you go grab your favorite drink, maybe get comfy, and let's unpack what it truly means to be created to hear God. And my thought this month was, obviously last month at the end of our last series, I had I read a chapter and you got to hear a portion of the book. And we talked a little bit about, um, well, we showed you last week the glimpse of our 10-day study. And then I thought, let's have some conversations with different types, the knower, the seer, the feeler, the hearer. So if you are not sure what type you are, or you're curious about how God created you, we're going to talk about, well, we're going to talk to different people, different individuals about their type. And I just want to remind all of you that are here, and maybe you're not sure what's going on. Uh, We call it prophetic personality. It's very simply, prophetic is the way that God speaks to you. Personality is the way you speak to the world. And we hear the word prophecy. Well, where does that come in? Prophecy is how God speaks to you and then through you to the world. A lot of us get stuck on trying to really have a conversation about prophecy and we kind of elevate that idea, but that's the secondary part of hearing God's voice. God is not a stage parent. He wants to have a relationship with you and we believe that you deserve to hear his voice because he created you. He wants to talk to you, but we also really want you to know how he's interacting with you every single day. So you start that relationship and that conversation. And then if he gives you a message for someone else, that's more of a purpose moment rather than your whole personality or rather than it just being uh, a, a, I want to say an exchange with God or some kind of, um, I'm thinking of a word I can't quite think, but a trans- transactional. We don't want you hearing God just to be transactional. We want it to be relational. That's what he wants. And so we want to elevate what he wants. So today we're talking all about created to hear God. We're jumping into our very first, first personality that we are going to explore which is the feeler. Hey, it's Havala. Okay, I wanna talk to you about something that could change your life. I mean, seriously, we're talking about turning your dream of writing a book into a reality. Welcome to Havala's Author School, where your journey to becoming a published author starts now. Are you tired of just thinking about writing that book that you've always wanted to write? It's time to stop dreaming and start doing I mean, imagine stepping into your own story, creating a narrative that could leave an indelible mark on the world. At Havel's Author School, we've got a game-changing strategy just for you. 
It's a 16-week program that's designed to help you write and finish your book, just like the writer you love in one of your favorite books. This is your chance to embark on a transformational journey where you'll uncover that inner author and you'll conquer your self-doubt and you'll emerge as the writer you were born to be. So our mentors and author coaches will be by your side, step-by-step. They'll help you craft your story, breathe life into your ideas, and overcome those annoying obstacles like writer's block. With their wisdom, you'll blaze a trail towards becoming a literary legend. So here's the kicker. After 16 weeks of hard work and determination, you'll be holding your very own manuscript in your hands. Can you believe it? You'll have accomplished what you once thought was impossible, and your story will inspire others to start their own courageous journey. But remember, life's too short to keep putting your dreams on hold. At my author school, Havel's Author School, we are now accepting applications for our next class, and we are very close to closing the doors, but we want you to join us. We still have room, so don't let your story go untold. I'm asking you to join us and discover the writer within you. And let's get that book written in 16 weeks. So head over to our website right now at havelisauthorschool.com and submit your application. Now, for those of you that are, have already filled out an application, yes, that's you. Your next step is to join us for our very last information call. So check your email. You will be seeing that information in your inbox and you do not want to miss the information call. Listen, this is your moment. This is your destiny. Let's get that book written. At my school, Havla's Author School, it's where writers become authors and dreams become realities. Apply today and let's make your writing journey the adventure of a lifetime. And I want to just give you uh, just a, a beginning part of what a feeler is. So a feeler is someone who God interacts with through their emotions. He, he interrupts them, whether it's through joy or pain or whether it's a burden, um, even a sense of something holy or sacred. God interrupts a feeler and he speaks to them through their emotions. He interrupts them through a physical experience. It's a powerful powerful personality and probably something that I didn't in the beginning even recognize or know. And now they're one of my favorite types of personalities. So we'll go into what a feeler is, but just to remind you, God speaks to feelers through emotions and sensations and feelers have this unusual sensitivity to their surroundings. When they walk into an atmosphere, they either feel it's good or feel it's bad. They just sense it. Um, Feelers sense what God is saying by experiencing it through their emotions, or maybe even what God is feeling, they experience it through their emotions. And feelers' emotions give them insight to what's going on in the heart of God. Now, for a feeler, doesn't mean everything you feel is God. That's why it's really important to strengthen yourself in the Word and strengthen yourself with a healthy, godly community so you know that it aligns with His thoughts that He already has written down. Feelers can perceive spiritual nuances that most people miss, And feelers can't explain why they feel something, they just do. God interrupts feelers through their emotions so they can partner with him and mature feelers can feel something without being overcome by it. And feelers will carry what they feel with them. Feelers are powerful intercessors 
and feelers' emotions connect them to the mystery of God's hearts, motives, and emotions. So, my love, let's talk about being a feeler. The feeler. (laughs) The feeler. It is true. You grew up with a feeler dad. Yeah. As well. Yeah, my dad was definitely a feeler, but I'm curious... How did you know that you were a feeler? Because I know you were here when I wrote this. God really began to give me this kind of core concept of different filters in which we hear God. And how did you know that you were a feeler? Or maybe you don't know, and this is like a new conversation. I've never heard the term before. So it's this, I should, yeah, this is going to be great. I'm anxious to find out more about the feeler. Um, No, I think, you know, as you begin coming up with these four types, you know, and kind of realizing, oh, these are kind of uh, common themes, you know, in terms of how God speaks or how people are wired to hear him. I can definitely, you know, remember back when I was 12, 13, being in youth group and having moments where I just felt um, like a sense of, yeah, God's emotion over me. And, you know, I'd get emotional or cry or just feel... Um, just a sense of burden, maybe, you know, you talk about, yeah, there's kind of a variety of feelings, right? There's, uh, and so I think for me, it was recognizing, yeah, I, I am, I have a sensitivity to me in terms of um, the emotional side and, and how I feel things deeply. Um, I may get emotional or, or tear up. Um, I think things are, um, I, I'm kind of a heart guy for sure. And I think that, so I think, you know, just all of those different, you know, from back in my childhood to even early adulthood, uh, realizing how God has been meeting me and encountering me in those kind of corporate settings. Um, and then I think, you know, one of the other ways is through music. You know, I was, um, I mean, you know, have been a musician for a long time. And so I think in my maybe uh, teen age years of getting involved in worship team and playing music in that kind of context definitely opened me up to the, f- the feeling part of God's emotion, you know, through music or through creativity and things like that. Yeah, that's a really cool. I didn't even think that you would talk about that part. And it's true. Like God created you as a feeler. And one of the ways that you worship him through that feeling is through worship. It's, it's kind of a release like intercession. Worship is another way that you re- release that. So you remember early on feeling God's presence. Was that something that just happened in the beginning or you can't remember when it happened or has it always been something that you've experienced? And would you have known that you were, maybe this is two questions, but when did you first encounter God's presence? And then secondly, when did you realize that not everybody was encountering him like that? Yeah, good, uh, good question. I think I was just thinking back to when I actually gave my life to the Lord. I remember being in King's Kids, you know, seven years old. And I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering this right, I think I remember having like an emotional kind of response, you know, feeling God touch me when there was an invitation, you know, the leader, you know, throughout the invitation and we prayed. And, and, and so I think that was, that was definitely a marking moment, you know, of decision as well. So kind of making my decision to serve God because he touched me in my emotions. Um, and then definitely, I think, yeah, maybe, 10 to 13, maybe in that range of 
as I began engaging more in youth group and having some different uh, opportunities and experiences to meet him like that, maybe more in a corporate setting, mm-hmm. you know, like services, worship, more, more, in, I think in the worship environments Yeah, is where I began to experience him more in that way. And how did you know it was different than everybody else? Or maybe you were, were you around a lot of, was your dad emotional? Was your brother emotional? How did you know that that was? Uh, yeah, great. I mean, honestly, I think my mom would probably have more of the emotional, um, maybe feeler side in this like church setting, you know, in like a, you know, spiritual hunger or encountering God kind of thing. But I don't really remember my family having a ton of, um, feeling or, or, uh, like emotional kind of connection. And so I think some of those opportunities, I think just came from being around an environment that was letting it happen, you know, and hungry for God. And then, observing i think observing different people uh and i think sometimes when you see something in someone else it provokes a desire and maybe unlocks and unlocks it in you did you ever feel that what you were sensing was did you ever try to shut it down um i think maybe in the you know oh being self-conscious of oh tears or i'm i'm gonna cry and that I think would be trying to shut it down. But no, I I think I, I think I was always open and willing and wanting God to meet me or speak to me or encounter me. And and so I think I was just, um, yeah. Do you feel like you have had like a unique ability to experience God's emotions and catch spiritual things that sometimes people miss? Yeah, definitely. And how does that show up in your? Your life. Uh, and I say that definitely not like, oh, yeah, everybody's missing things. <laughs> I, I think that there's there's unique moments or places where I feel like, and I think it goes back to maybe worship is a good example, um, where, you know, we'll be in a, a church service and I will feel like, oh, we're, we're about to go somewhere or we could go somewhere or like God's on this part of the song and we should just sit here for a minute because there could be just it was I can feel the anointing and and then they move on and so many times that happens and I'm like oh I wish we could kind of just lean into that because I feel like God uh, does powerful things and speaks to people and meets and so much can happen in the unseen not through uh, even words being sung or, oh, here's the chorus. So it's uh, obviously it's the best part of the song or the most anointed part. But when we just kind of make room and um, so, yeah, I feel like that's probably a clear example. Um, yeah. I don't, do you yeah, a, I don't, you definitely. It's funny. I'll be in worship as well or somewhere. It could be anything. We're praying or just having a spiritual moment. And I will sense something and go, wow, this is really I can feel that. And I'll look over and you're have tears in your eyes like you are already catching it and I think sometimes I'm amazed at just how quickly you encounter that stuff versus someone like myself that I don't always sense that or I don't see it but I think it's 
really powerful. And I would agree, you have this ability to go, okay, God's in this. Like you sense his presence. You sense that he's there. And I mean, obviously God is always, he's ever present. He's always present. We talk about a manifested presence, which means that we get to encounter his presence, but it doesn't mean he ever leaves. He's with us at all times. But I'm just, yeah, I've definitely seen that. Um, Have you ever felt, I know one of the things that feelers experience is being attuned to others' emotions. Does that show up in your life? Yeah, I will. And maybe how does that show up in your life? Uh, That's an interesting thing because... I wouldn't say, at least for me, the the feeler part of me um, immediately picks up on other people's emotions, um, and maybe that's um, you know because there's you know we talk about ways that the gift can be developed and grown, um, or the strengths or the weaknesses, and so I think for me that that could be something that needs more development um, because I don't I wouldn't say naturally walk into a room. And would pick up on, oh, somebody is, you know, having a hard time or um, needs encouragement or, you know, sometimes I do, you know, but I wouldn't say it comes like immediately. Yeah. I'd have to be talking to them for a little bit. Absolutely. I think you're definitely more connected to that relationally. Like Mm. if I'm not okay, you pick up on the slightest thing. If I'm not, you know, if I'm not okay or something's not right, you will go, is everything okay? And it's annoying because you just feel it. It's like you just know it. And of course, half the time I lie because I don't want to give you that. But, you know, I'm teasing. Mm, But just that sense of like, wow, you just are attuned. It has to be right. You just sense it. Now, one of the things that I think you did well in your early years without even knowing how profound it was, but one of the things that we encourage feelers to do is to pray to take that burden to God and that expression of his emotions and give it back to him and respond and worship in, in that. And why you, I know that's kind of where you started in your walk with him. Um, have you, have you seen intercession be a pretty strong thing in your life? And why was that important to you at what? 18, 19? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say between 18 and 20 is, is kind of think when it really began to awaken. And it's funny because I grew, definitely grew up with the perception that intercessors or people who pray were kind of more the eccentric, you know, kind of weird ladies in the back waving the flags and (laughs) at church, uh, that was like in the eighties and nineties, you know, it was like, those were the intercessors. But I think, um, when it was presented in a way that normalized it, especially, I mean, obviously we're all called to pray. Um, but I think it, um, was when it was combined with music, I think is what helped open it up to me. But yeah, I think that it was definitely an, an avenue and an outlet to engage with God in conversation, in, uh, yeah, burden. And, and like, you know, I think I often feel a sense of conviction about certain things, but don't always know what to do with it other than like for myself, like, okay, well, there's right and wrong and I should do this and I shouldn't do that. And just having that kind of sense, but having more of a dialogue that that took me deeper into connection with him rather than just my own kind of feeling about it. Yeah. Um, when does it look healthy for your feeling to show up and feeler to show up? And when does it when is it not healthy? A healthy feeler for me is when it leads me to greater connection either with the Lord or with people. And then unhealthy would be when it 
starts to project my feeling onto someone else or a, or another environment that either uh, creates awkwardness or uh, like, okay, so this, it shifts the environment negatively, um, which I've done many times, um, or with a relationship, you know, that where I'm projecting something, it creates some negativity, either because of something I'm feeling or projecting, and it's not the right timing or not said in the right way. Yeah, you just have the feeling, but you don't have the words necessarily to articulate it. Yeah, so it's it's more just the, I think, stewardship of knowing how to, what to do with the feeling. Yeah, I love that. I, in the, one of the chapters, I talk about developing the, the feeler, and it's to learn which feeling is yours and which is not. Healthy feelers know how to quickly identify their feelings, which feelings are theirs and which are not. It saves them from getting stuck carrying other people's burdens or repenting for things that aren't theirs. Um, my co-teacher Jason offered insight, which is a story in the book. Um, a feeling might be from might be from you if it reflects something you have been dealing with or were previously aware of, or the Holy Spirit is convicting you of a need to repent, or uh, you examine your heart before God and you see you are hiding something from him. But a feeling might be from for somebody else or from somebody else, um, if it arises out of the blue, catches you off guard, it generates confusion or other people, other people are sensing something similar. So I'm curious, how do you discern the difference in your life? If you go into a, um, you know, we're having a conversation and, and, and I know we've talked about this as a feeler, I don't necessarily see feet at you as a feeler in our everyday life. I see it in spiritual environments, but there is a secondary. So not to stop the question I'm asking, which is how do you define what is yours and or discern what is yours or somebody else's? But then also, is there a secondary one that you also have happening in your life? Yeah, it's, I'm definitely, I would say a knower, more of a knower in my everyday daily life for decision-making or even just interacting with the, uh, like the word or, or the Lord in conversation. Um, I think that I would feel, have more feeling, even I was thinking about this, just let's say driving in the car, having worship on where there's an atmosphere that's, that's kind of created that I would have more of a feeling response, um, or dynamic, but for making decisions or going about my day, I definitely have more of an, an instinct or a sense or just knowing, okay, this is what I should do. This is what I shouldn't do. Maybe that's partly just because, um, I'm a one on the Enneagram and I just have kind of a a right and wrong meter. (laughs) That's the kind of internal. Um, but yeah, so that's, I'd say I definitely have a, a knower part of me for sure. And how do you define what is somebody else's and what is yours? I would say things that, you know, what you mentioned about something that is kind of out of the blue and that I think for me would happen, you know, I can have a sense of like, oh, I feel insecure all of a sudden, right? Where I would maybe, and I'm still even learning to do this, to actually recognize the feeling and not react to it, but, you know, actually process it and say, okay, where is that coming from? What is that? Instead of just taking that on and owning that and thinking that that's me. Um, And that could be just from a variety of things, Uh, comparison or seeing something or talking with someone, having something come up that I wasn't expecting 
in a moment or in a day and then catch, yeah, having it catch me off guard. Yeah. What is the hardest part about being a feeler? Uh, definitely, I think sometimes filtering the feelings mm. and knowing. Um, and then I think sharing the feelings too, knowing how to share them, when to share them. And then, um, you know, even like in conversations we have some, you know, be actually being vulnerable. I feel like, uh, letting you in and sharing the feelings, um, because you, you know, we have our own dynamic, but you know, you <laughs> as a non feeler and, and someone who doesn't necessarily want to <laughs> dive into the deep feelings that that's, you know, yeah. Learning how to be myself and be okay with the feelings and then also be okay with you not responding like I would or responding or feeling something the way that I do. Um, even in maybe how you respond to me sharing a feeling. So, um, I think that can be a challenge. And what's the best part about being a feeler? Oh, it's the best. Um, I mean, I, I, uh, I think it's just the depth of what I feel. Um, and what's, you know, from even just sitting in a movie, mm-hmm. you know, and having like, Oh man, I just feel the presence of God through this story or through like the creativity. And so I think the best part honestly is just knowing that God is an an infinite God and he created feelings and he he's emotional. And so I think that, um, I think just being confident in he made me this way and, um, I love it. I love, I love the feeling that I have with people, with Mm -hmm. my kids, you know, getting from the, the high highs to the low lows. And, um, and so I think just the spectrum of that can be, um, really enjoyable. Do you feel God like every time you go into worship and things can you like always get there? Definitely not. I I think maybe to the, the point of, yeah, walking into an environment, um, you know, let's say we're at a different church or in another environment or something is, um, sometimes it's stylistic, you know, differences, or sometimes I'll just get a sense that, wow, there's something like that feels off or feels different or, or weird. I don't know necessarily what it is, but generally, yes, I can definitely get there in terms of like a corporate environment, um, in a service or a meeting or a prayer meeting or a worship or, or even a small group get, get there in terms of feeling a sense of the Lord is here and I feel a closeness. What about in your own quiet time? Like when you sit down to like pray and I see you open up your Bible as a knower, I'm like, I'm wondering like, is he feeling something? Because I, I am reading something and I'm believing something, but I'm not encountering. Are you having no an emotional experience at that point? No. Or is God encountering your emotions at that point? Um, I would say that's actually more rare. Okay. Yeah. So I think that, you know, and I just, we just listened to a message the other day and, and he was saying, sometimes our devotional life starts out as a discipline. And then as we commit to doing it, um, it turns into a delight. And so I think that I've had definitely moments where, yeah, it's super enjoyable and I'm, and I'm feeling something or I'm getting something other times 
You're just there because you know God is here and I want to set aside time. And I know that this is life to my spirit and it's, you know, it's, um, it's where I need to be. I love it. Well, I love that you're a feeler. I love being married to a feeler. And I love that you're giving our boys permission to experience God in their emotions, which I think is powerful. Um, it's kind of annoying because you always look a little more spiritual than I do in those moments. <laughs> but I love it. Listen, I want to thank you for joining us today on my podcast. And I want you to remember that you are created to hear God. And this is just the beginning of a journey to you exploring his voice Listen, if you can't hear God's voice, you're going to miss so much in your life. I mean, you're going to you're not going to have his voice to tell you what to do and when to do it and how to do it. His voice is a resource. The relationship with him is what keeps us connected to what's more than in front of us. So I hope you're hearing his voice. If not, I want you to really go after and explore it. This has been exciting and our conversations are only getting more exciting because we're going to have more conversations around this topic with unique knowers, seers, feelers, and hearers. So until next time, keep seeking, keep believing, and keep embracing this incredible adventure of hearing your creator's voice. Take care and I'll talk to you next time. 